everybody. Welcome back to another edition of the Calcio's Champion. As always, I am your hostess with the most, Danielle. And as always, I'm joined by my podcast partner and fellow journalist, Elliot. How are you doing this afternoon? Better than I was yesterday. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean. That's yeah. all right. We'll get to we'll it eventually. Yeah, exactly. Um, as always, we experienced another crazy week of football. And as always, we're going to just jump right in and get down to the discussion. Um, we have a 2-2 draw. Space job for Parma. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't think we can insult Parma at this stage because they did score and they scored, uh, they have scored in two straight games and done a good job doing it. Um, again, I saw, I was watching the, the highlights of the game, uh, today and it's, it seems like in this game, Parma had one problem and it wasn't their usual problem. The problem was defending, not attacking. The comment said their their attack was a Lamborghini and their defense was a go kart. <laughs> um, <laughs> I just I just had to mention it because I just it just I was rolling. It just I just found it so funny because it, it's so true. Um, again, I mean it's just it's just it's just fucking farm, isn't it? I mean to go up by two goals in two straight games and choke it away. So I'm not even casting um, you know spells on. Um, on Parma for, you know, the usual reasons. I, you know, where I stand on a situation, you don't buy some, a player for seven, uh, 15 million and not play them who has 17 goals, but I, I don't need to repeat this every week. So we know my stance on that. And until it, it, it there's more relevance to that. Not, there's no point in mentioning that, but there's, they've, they choked away two leads mostly because they're defending. Um, and Spates, yeah, yeah, they got the they got the draw, but I mean, they can't feel good about themselves lately. It seems ever since that AC Milan game that they haven't been able to to show up and then do what they're supposed to do. And you know, uh, Parma gets another point. And as crazy as this sounds, it's good for Parma. They're good. I mean, I think we both kind of think that they're going to go down, but they're mm-hmm. gaining they're gaining points, and they do a five to make up. Um, but they're they're gaining something, which is better than what they had before. And then they they were literally dropping every other game, and now they're they're at least getting points back here and there. Um, honestly, they should have had six points in the last two games, so they wouldn't be in the relegation zone anymore had they, you know, finished the job um, in those two games. But it's it's hard to do things like that when your team's not very good. And you can't defend. And even when you score, you, you know, they've choked both of those games. So uh, it sucks. But I think Parma should be at least somewhat happy that they're getting points where uh, Spezia uh, coming back good for you. But, you know, they just lost to – or they almost lost to a team that doesn't score very many goals. Yeah, 100%. Uh, yeah, I was uh, keeping an eye on this match because I had to be up early on Saturday to do some grocery shopping and stuff. So I was checking the early – and that was, like, the earliest match. So I was just checking the results, and I'm like, oh, Parma's up 2-0. And then I come back, and I'm like, how did they do that? So I'm like, I figured it was like, yeah, they're doing finally getting something going on the attack. But defensive-wise, they're struggling to, like, finish it all and make sure that they get the maximum points possible. But like you just stated, at least they're getting some points versus like earlier on when they just were 
getting loss after loss after loss, and now it's they're finally showing that they can do stuff in the attack, especially based on the players that they got. Um, but overall, I mean, yeah, it sucks where they're at, but at least they should be happy that they're finally getting some points versus none at all. Um, Spezia, after uh, losing to Milan a couple weeks ago, they just beating, lost... Beating, beating Milan. Oh, yeah, beating Milan. Yep. Um, yeah, after that, they've just had a hard time getting stuff, like, going momentum-wise. Mm-hmm. But but overall, they're, they're going to stay up this season. So, I, I mean, yeah, they dropped points here. But they can't be mad because they know they're going to stay up another season. Um, up next, we have Bologna winning 2-0 against your friends Lazio. <laughs> well, so, so that's Lazio is supposed to score twice like Bayern Munich. That team? Really? Really? So, so that team was supposed, to, was supposed to host Bayern Munich and beat them or get two, two, two away goals? Or, sorry, two goals? Against Bayern, that team, that team that couldn't beat Bologna, who at one point in the season conceded five goals in 45 minutes, that team. So that's the team that was supposed to go to beat, was going to get two goals against Bayern freaking Munich, the best team in the world. You can't, you can't say, okay, oh, we're a great form, so we're going to, we're going to, you know, we're going to really turn on against Bayern. And then the next game, that half the league would have beaten. Oh, I'm dying over here. Give me a minute. Um, oh. I, just, I just had to to unleash that a little bit. Um, I mean, yeah. oh, don't worry. That made me laugh. Um, I mean, Lazio. I mean, I mean, this is this was horrible. Uh, that Mobley missed a penalty, and then obviously um, Bologna scored twice. They they kind of make easy work of them. Didn't have much of the ball, but they scored uh, two chances. They Significantly less chances, but more, you know, almost as, uh, the same amount on target. Lazio drops points here against a team they should have beaten easily. Um, again, they're, they're separated by a, a large amount of points. And just in the general sense of it, uh, Bologna get, you know, they're, they're just smack down in the middle of the table. Um, and they're, they're within distance of cracking in the top 10. Um, but Lazio is uh, is a team that should have made that easier. They had some they had some good, really good chances in this game. Um, and the uh, the goalkeeper for um, for Bologna um, should have gotten like the ball indoor just for making that save at the uh, at like an inch. They had to go to goal line technology, and he just kept it out. Um, what I'm realizing is Lazio have a problem with Polish players. They they gave Lewandowski a gift, and then the, the Polish goalkeeper Apollonia wouldn't let anything in his goal. Um, saved a penalty, and they made some really good saves down the stretch. He was outstanding. He was their best player, even though they they did score twice. And um, you know, uh, good job. I mean, but who got a score sheet? Um, uh, Sanson and Mayabe both scored, um, and I mean, I, I feel like there was some pressure for them to to. To, for Lazio to, to kind of turn it around because, you know, they're definitely capable considering the team that they have. Um, and Savage played well again, and so did Alberto. But, I mean, it's just Immobile's had uh, his second bad game in a row. So I, I don't know what's happening there, but 
uh, I don't think there's a real situation here where where Lazio need to be devastated. But I mean, I don't know. Maybe maybe Bayern Munich just broke their spirit. They were they went into that game with with good ambitions and they got ripped apart. Um, I don't need to r- bring up the the Leroy Sané dribble sequence, but that's. <laughs> I just feel like that moment in itself, just like it broke their spirit and then they're still confused um, and things like that. And then they went to the second, the game against Bologna. They don't play well. Uh, they played, they played pretty well, but they, they didn't, they not so far to the extent of, of a lot of it. And um, Bologna just, just took advantage of the opportunities and they get three points and Lazio uh, take an L again. Yeah, Lazio, man, what's going on? Uh, Houston, we have a problem at Lazio. Um, like you said, this should have been a match that they should have won easily, but I've learned a lot of things about football. Yeah, Bologna may not have had dominant possession, like keeping the ball majority of the match, but I think it's how you use the possession you do have and using it to your advantage because some of these teams – have had very minimal chances yeah. to win the match. Here's the thing, Danielle. Some of these teams do it on purpose. Do you remember the game? I, I don't want to bring this up again, but I will anyways because it's the most relevant example. Do you remember the game last week, uh, the Benevento-Roma game? Yeah. Benevento had like 27% possession. They did that on purpose because they allowed Roma to play into their hands because of how they were setting up defensively. So when teams this, I don't think this is a situation, but there are teams that let the opposition have the majority of the ball because it, it makes, sometimes it makes it easier to hit on the break because you know exactly what you do when you get possession and you just try to take advantage. So I think a lot of time, a lot of teams just let the opposition have the ball and then they, they adapt based on different scenarios. But that, that's, a, that's, I mean, that's just, I think an important element of this is that, it's not just that, oh, they're, they're taking advantage of possession. Some teams are literally letting the other team have possession. They're doing it on purpose. And then I don't know if that's the case in this game, but uh, it, whatever, it, whatever it was, it certainly worked. Yeah, whatever it was, it was absolutely well done by Bologna. Um, yeah, they just managed to – whatever possession they did have, they Lazio fell right into their trap and they were able to capitalize on those opportunities that they had. Um, yeah, you're pretty much right. Maybe Lazio, maybe in their next match, get a rebound and they perform well. But if they get another loss there, it'll all revert back to the Bayern Munich match. Because... You, you know, it's, it's, it's the one I posted on my Instagram story yesterday, the, the Leroy Sané dribble situation. He yeah, that was gorgeous. <laughs> he didn't score, but if you just look at the body language of the Lazio defenders on that play, they just seem so confused. <laughs> like, what? How? <laughs> and I feel like maybe maybe just the after effects of suffering a match like that, where the, the, the individually the players probably had hoped that it would it would it would be somewhat not dead in the water like it is. I think they expect they probably they didn't think they were going to win the game, but they thought they would have performed to to a better standard in that situation, and maybe they couldn't carry it over. Um, but I, I'm getting a little worried about Kiro Mobley. This is the second game in a row he hasn't performed. If you would bet your house on one player showing up in the Bayern game, it would have been a Mobley, and then a Bologna team that uh, has has had some issues this season defending. 
They've conceded uh, four-plus goals multiple times this season. They're a good team. They're near the top ten now, but in the beginning of the season, they were just getting ripped apart for, you know, on a regular basis. Um, and Immobile can't convert the penalty. And I don't know, maybe his confidence is shot. And the problem is um, the um, their backup striker, who uh, frustrates a lot of Lazio fans these days, can't hit the couldn't hit water and fell out of a boat. So uh, they have they have a lot of different. Um, uh, I mean, Lazio fans are very on the same page with him. Um, so, but uh, you know, that's they just if when Immobile doesn't play well, you know, just it just makes it difficult. Even though they have a great midfield, but they don't. Re- Savage is a goal scoring midfielder, but not not to the extent that they need from from a a goal, uh, you know, a top uh, performing player. So they need him to get back on form or, or they'll be in trouble. Again, I don't think this is a big deal because um, uh, Juventus dropped points and Roma dropped points too. So it doesn't really kill their position in um, in the league, but it is not a performance that um, obviously it's, not, it's just not a performance they're going to hang their hat on. And, um, I've heard calls lately about fans wanting him and uh, Zaggy sacked. At, th- at this point, I kind of agree, even though he did a good job last year. But, but uh, again, if this gets worse, maybe they're going to have to s- start having those conversations. Yeah, because as we all know, we saw in our Syriana chat on Instagram, like uh, a shout out to our boy kicking cleats. Um, he even said he should uh, – Inzaghi should be sacked and some other some players. He, no, he's talking about the president, I think. Yeah, the president also, he, as he said, needs to be yeeted off a cliff too. Um, just – but, I mean, yeah, I think it's now time to bring that discussion in if things continue to progressively get worse for them. But maybe they get – they get turned things around and are able to get back on form. But right now it, it, they're still reeling from that loss against Bayern. And if things don't improve for them, it'll all stem back to that match. And it, I don't know what it is with a mobile. A. Normally you expect them to show up in matches such as Bayern and in against Bologna, but only to a certain extent, because he has struggled to an extent. He has struggled against the big the big games in the past, but um, yeah, you just you just would expect better out of him against Bologna. It's not like you're going to get scolded for not scoring a hat trick against Bayern, but to to not convert again in a game against Bologna where Lazio needed his help and he couldn't provide it for him. That's a, that's a whole that's a whole different issue, and uh, I, I just think they have to there has to do some things to get back on track because. If he if he if he goes through through a goal scoring drought, they're in trouble because the goals are yes, Savage is scoring and stuff like that. But the goals, the majority of the goals will have to come from somewhere else because he is scoring the the large majority of of the goals uh, that they're scoring. Yeah, but uh, in the meantime, uh, we need to put out a all points bulletin for Mole and put him on the back of milk carton saying missing player. If found, please return to Lazio FC immediately <laughs> and maybe offer a reward or something. But, uh, yeah, anyway, back to the point. Um, 
Up next, we have Hellas Verona taking on Juventus in a 1-1 draw. Oh, man. I mean, um, I think people are going to start to come to my side of this pillow can't coach situation. I think, what is it? They haven't won a game in their last four or something like that. They're I think in, so. They're in uh, shark-invested waters in the Porto game. Again, they should win at home against Porto. I don't think that's the issue. The issue is if they're going to get enough away goals to to, to overturn it. But, um, yeah, I mean, Verona is a tough team. They've made it tough, and that's in two tries against them. They they haven't beat them either time. It was, I think they drew the first time, and then they drew this one. And uh, Ronaldo gets that goal. Um, and, uh, honestly, Verona are actually a misfortunate not to have scored, who would not have scored more because they, he, they hit the post in the first half. Um, before, um, you know, obviously they got the equalizer and, uh, you know, caused Juventus into, you know, utter panic. Um, and I, I just I just feel like this Juventus is just uh, – they'll, they'll be in the top four for sure, but, uh, you know, it, it, it's just some of the stuff that's gone on and the way they've performed and things like – things to that respect is just – it's just concerning. Um and I'm sure Juventus fans are really not happy with this situation, but Verona has to be happy with with getting a point like that. And it's in a big game. Um, they they came to play, and uh, Juventus came to play too. But Verona was just better. Um, even even though it was a draw, I think they were the better team for a large extent. Yeah, I mean Verona definitely should be happy to at least get a draw, but. They, as you said, they almost they hit the woodwork and had a couple other good chances that were on target, but just couldn't finish those opportunities. Um, but I mean, still getting a draw against Juventus for them is probably an accomplishment. Um, I mean, Ronaldo on the side of Juventus, Ronaldo gets his goal. Um, but the, as you said, I think people are going to start siding with us when it comes to Pirlo can't coach. I mean, like, we all knew this was kind of like a bad decision um, considering that he had never coached a game in his life. And so eventually maybe people are going to start realizing that and maybe say, oh, maybe this wasn't a great idea to begin with. And then eventually they will probably have to decide what they're going to do with him Obviously, he might have will end up probably being sacked, no, or probably, probably be sacked. I, I don't I don't see them as I don't think they made this um, higher out of long term um, momentum. I think they made it to to lead them to w- to winning. And if he if he doesn't, if they win, uh, yeah, I don't count the Super Copa or whatever. If they if they lose the Copa Italia, he's done uh, against Atlanta, and um, obviously, yeah. I, I'm just here thinking if Mauricio Sarri was still there, I think I don't think you'd have as much breathing space. And I actually think Juventus would be in second place um, because he's underutilized this team for a large extent. He's uh, Dybala's people forget Dybala had COVID four times. He had four tests that all came back positive in a row. Okay. He's health-wise, he he hasn't been at his best, and that's the re- I think that's partly the reason why he's not had the best season. But on top of that, um, and he's been injured and stuff like that. But when he's healthy, he's been uh, Juventus have been playing him in the wrong position, anyways. So it's just like 
Maurizio Sarri made him the best player in the league. They got rid of him. They got they got someone worse, and now uh, Dybala can't function at the same level. And again, it's okay to say he's not world class because world class players can fun- function at any system, and I think that's fair. But this team would be way better if Sarri was still there. To be honest, I actually agree with you because, I mean, at least he had managerial experience going into that job, and he also knows how to use um, underutilized players as well. Um, I mean, what he did with Dabala, where he was pretty much the star that season, was world-class from him. Um, but, yeah, I actually think – yeah, I say they would be right up there with Inter this season. Um but just overall, I mean, who would you get if you're Juventus? Would you go back to um, what's his face? No, they're not going back to Allegri. They are they 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 don't have enough pride to do that. And I, I don't. I think Allegri doesn't want to to go back to the job he just had because Juve fans didn't like Allegri that much, even though he won a bunch. Um, so Allegri's not happening. Who's out there? I'm, tr- I'm just trying to think who's out there. Spalletti's out there. Um, I, I don't know. I don't think he made. They make that move. Uh, Sorry's out there, but they're not going to bring back Sorry. Um, I don't know. There's there's just not a lot out there right now that I can think of. Uh, it all depends on the summer because in the summer jobs are going to free up. Um, if Zidane leaves Real Madrid, maybe they go after Zidane. I think that's more likely than anything else. Um, but I, but that all uh, stipulates him leaving. Real Madrid, and I don't know if he does. Um, may, uh, no, that would be funny. But um, Mourinho, if he gets fired from Spurs, maybe they do that. Um, but you know, I don't know where you go with this because there, there's there's people out there. But Juventus is a high profile job that should only be used be you know given a high, to a high profile guy. Um, if if Roma part ways with Fonseca, maybe that's an option for Juventus. Um, Madrid are even thinking about something similar to that. And then, I don't know. I, can you think of anyone else that's out there that that's currently not working? Because Tuchel, I got, I got hired already immediately. Putch took over at, at, at PSG. I'm just trying to think, and I, I just can't think of anything. Yeah, there's not that many that are out there right now. So it's kind of like limited on what, who they'd be able to go for. And like you said, with some of these other managers like Sari and Allegri, they're probably not going to want to go back to that. Um, so it's, I mean, Spalletti is probably the only other option right now, but you, like I you stated, it. I, I doubt it. So. It's like what besides those three that aren't working right now, there's barely anybody out there. Yeah. Um, but at that you point, could, you at that ahead. point you would have to wait until like the summer to see if jobs free up, and then go after somebody who decided to part like part ways with the club that they were currently at. So other than that, it's very limited right now. They, but they can go after employed coaches too. You they can get a coach to to leave their post for Juventus. Um, so you had to think about as well. Um, I doubt that Klopp will be involved with that because I think it's it's Klopp will, will stay at Liverpool unless Real Madrid really pushes for him. Um, you know, Angelotti, someone who knows Serie A well, 
maybe you take a plunge at that. Um, I, he might have coached there before. I'm not sure. Um, but there, there are definitely – I don't know. It's hard to say, but the, the obviously – Deserby from Sassuolo might be interesting. That might be something that, to look at. The guy from Verona, I mean, there's a lot of good coaches in Italy. Um, but it, it just depends on, on the situation and where they would look. And I guess there's, there's also some big, good coaches in other countries. Um, if I was Juventus, I would hire – if. If I can't get the, the tier one guys and I can't get Zidane or something, I, I'm not a big fan of Zidane, but I go for the coach at Ajax. Um, he's, his team is in the quarterfinals of, or sorry, the Brennan's team of, of the Europa League. He went to the Europa League final a few years ago. And then obviously he, uh, he had that Champions League run where he almost made the final. But outside of that, I don't know. Yeah, there's really not a lot out there at this point, so we'll see what happens. But I think if any move is going to be made, it will more than likely have to be at the end of the season when things become more open. Yeah, he'll he'll get sacked, but it won't be during the season, is what I feel. Um, up next, Atalanta win 2-0 against Sampdoria. Uh, no, that was a good win for Atalanta. Uh, no Zabata, no problem. I don't think that's going to be the case for a long time, but in this in this particular game, that worked. Um, again, I, I really do think they need Zabacha to be able to score the amount of goals that is going to be required for them to make the Champions League. So if, if he can't um, play for a little while, they can hold it down. But again, when bigger games come up, it's going to be much more difficult. Um, Malinowski uh, scored a really good goal in that game. Uh, they went 2-0. Um, Sam Dory did what they could, but just it just didn't happen on the day. Uh, Atlanta move up to fourth place, um, uh, thanks to what happened in the in the primetime game. So now they have two points in in fourth. Um, so they're back in the Champions League, and and if they get Zabata back soon, and he 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 you know rises up and plays and continues to play in good form, then they they, they have a decent shot at making the Champions League. Uh, next season, um, but obviously that first win without Zapata was important. Again, they can't, they cannot do this without him. But they can try to hold off losing games until he comes back. Because when he comes back, if he plays at his best, and we know Zapata can play, he's very physically demanding, and he's really hard to mark as a defender. Um, he gives problems to everybody. So um, just because his girth and his size and his athleticism for someone who's who's kind of uh, kind of like a bulldog. Um, so getting him back will be really important. Uh, but if they hold off losing until he gets back, I think they have a good chance Champions League. But this was a game where Atlanta just did enough to, to finish the job. It wasn't overly impressive. It wasn't the greatest thing I've ever seen. It wasn't – they didn't play shit either. Um, and they just – Sam Dory played well again. But, again, Sam Dory never loses and plays badly. So <laughs> it's, it's kind of weird. But I've, I've never seen them lose a game and play badly this season. Uh, they just didn't do enough. And they're just – they fell short because – uh, the talent, but again, I'd feel a little disappointed if I'm Stamp just because you, you Zabata wasn't there and you had an opportunity. But I think uh, overall, um, Atlanta did a good job, and Sam Burry don't have that much, that many reasons to be upset with themselves. Yeah, 100 percent. Um, Sam Doria just couldn't capitalize on some of those chances that they had, but I mean, overall, against Atalanta. That was a result was to be expected. 
if um, Zapata was there, I think the goal scoring would have been a little a little bit higher, but not by much. Um, but hopefully Zapata gets better soon in order to partake in the Champions League. Um, I don't even I didn't even see any updates. Like, how long is he out for? Do you know? Um, um, I can check. Um, but I don't believe he's out for. Um, he will be back this season. That's all I know. Yeah. So hopefully he's able to recover quickly and get back into it because without him, it's going to be difficult to even make it possibly make it into the next round of the champions right. league. I, I have, um, I have a report from five days ago. Um, okay. what it says, um, Alanta striker Duvan Zabata limped off during the champions league clash with Real Madrid due to a suspected, um, a thigh strain. The Colombian international played 30 minutes of the round of 16. According to initial reports from Sky Sports at pitch side, it is his, uh, his suspended left thigh strain. This could require several weeks out of action, especially as Zabata has a physical structure that that has caused issues with muscular problems in the past. Um, and then it says they were down, um, uh, you know, a, a little bit. And uh, I'm just going to check, um, see what if what transfer uh, market says about this. Um, there's there's no uh, timeline until um, for his return, but um, he is expected to be back this season. But based on the report that I just read, it is going to be a couple of weeks, so he's probably not going to be fit enough for the um, for the round of 16 second leg. But maybe because it's it is a couple of weeks out, um, but he will be back this season. Um, Alanta just have to um, to hold off, um, but. Again, if Sabata doesn't roll up, they're not playing. They're not beating. They're not getting anything off Inter in two weeks. Yeah, so we'll see what happens. But I would love to have Sabata pack in time for that match because it wouldn't be fair to not have him be a part of it. Yeah, you just it, you, you want to beat the their best. I mean, it, it just doesn't mean the same if 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 you're beating a team without one of their best players. Again, you take the points if you get them, but. But you want you want to you know it's, you does, it doesn't make the same like if you beat Atlanta with Zabata and the rest of the Atlanta crew and it's convincing and he's and Zabata plays well and Inter still win it means more than if Inter beats Atlanta without their best player exactly because I want because yeah we'll get we would get the points but it just wouldn't feel as convincing because they weren't at a hundred percent and I'm one of those people that. If I want a win, sometimes I want a team that's going to be at 100%, especially if it's going to be one of those. Because as we discussed, Inter should get m almost maximum points off their next fixtures. But the Atalanta match was going to be the tricky one because we've seen how Atalanta have turned up against Inter in the past. Right. Um, and just like when, when Milan and, and – um... And Roma played during the not this weekend, but their first match, the the three three game, uh, with ironically also a horrible refereeing decision in that game too. But uh, Donnarumma wasn't there, and uh, I a lot of people wanted Donnarumma were were hopeful because Donnarumma wasn't there. But I wanted to either I either wanted to go down swinging or beat their best, you know, because you don't want to. It just doesn't feel the same if you're if you're if you're beating a team that doesn't have their best player. Not that I'm cheering for that for that you know for the situation to to, 
to be bad because they they get the points and that's amazing. It's all that it's all that good stuff. But you want to beat you want to beat them at their best. And if they're not at their best, it just doesn't. You'll take the points, but it doesn't feel the same. Yeah, exactly. Um, so hopefully, Zapata, best of luck, and hopefully we get to see you soon. Um, just because I hope you're back in time for the inter match because like i said i want to face a team that's 100 percent um though most people are like oh their best players out that means we have a chance well i'm like i'm not that kind of person i well, want a team at 100 your fan base wouldn't even do that though you're top of the league it's a totally different situation if if you're not in the top of the league and you have an opportunity to beat a top team without their best player it just it's different but for, for your fan base you're top of the league, so they're not gonna they're not gonna be whining about anything. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, yeah, up next we have Inter winning three zero against Genoa. Next, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, next. Uh, no, I mean, this, there's not too much to take from this. Uh, Inter should have definitely scored a couple more goals in the first half. Um, they missed some chances down the stretch in, in bigger games that might ha- cost them. But I mean, did you did you watch from kickoff? Unfortunately, I did not have a chance to watch the game. Yesterday. So I watched from I watched from kickoff. Forty three seconds inter you know and uh, inter scores. Wasn't it forty eight? Whatever. I mean, it was in the first minute. And what I mean for so the way they do it is like if you score in the you know if at the time is. One minute and six seconds, it is accounted to the second minute. So to score in the first minute, you have to score in the first 60 seconds or else it's counted as the second minute. Um, but, I mean, so, so quickly um, get in front and then obviously they, they hold on to it. They, they should have scored a couple more in the first half, second half. Uh, second half, Darmian scores his first goal for Inter. Um uh, second, second, but first, first in the league because I think he scored one goal in the Champions League, and then um, who had the third? Do you remember? Um, give me a second. I could get that. The uh, Alexa, score Alexa Sanchez, right? Because they they they, yes. they went to, they went back and reviewed it, um, and then I, I saw his reaction and and, uh, and stuff like that. So so easy three 0 Genoa uh, again. They're, they're, they're doing a lot better than anyone expected. This is a interesting team this season. Um, but again, just enter in their last – I forgot the numbers, but like in their last uh, whatever amount of games, they have 15 goals scored, one goal against. So, I mean, uh, it's just it's just a, a, a finely tuned machine right now. Lukaku's the, Lukaku's the best player in, in the league right now. He will be player of the season. Um Something that you didn't even re- recognize when I gave you the chance to to make that prediction two weeks ago, but it's all good. Um, we make our mistakes, uh, but I mean, they were just great. I mean, there's like we're at the point now where there's not even drama with inter games anymore. It's like they show up, they win the game, then they go home. <laughs> it, it's not. It's not. It was like it was more fun before because there were controversy, loot dropping points occasionally to a smaller team, and like completely outlooks changes the entire outlook of how we look at the season. And But now it's just like Inter show up to get the points and go home. I actually don't mind that. Uh, it's nice to have a different change of pace with instead of having controversy. Uh, yeah, because this is, yeah, it's just less interesting. That's all I'm saying. 
Yeah, uh, well, I agree with that, but, I mean, it's nice not having as much controversy and sanity like there have been in recent seasons. So, for me, this is kind of new. So, <laughs> But, I mean, Inter obviously got the points, did what they needed to do, and they went home. They obviously kept Genoa at a standstill pretty much majority of the game. They only had three sh- chances and two only on target. So... They did what they needed to do to keep them isolated. Obviously, Genoa are a good team, but they they struggle mostly against a big team. So, I, I mean, in reality, this result was going to be expected. And other than Lukaku continuing to show his scoring capabilities, there's really not a lot to take away from this match except that Inter are continuing their momentum and will – take that into the next one. Yeah. Um, Mateo, so in that situation, um, Matteo Bonetti called Fukaku the best counterattack striker um, in, in world football, um, just as an intra fan uh, among. So you get what I'm saying, what that means, right? Not just striker, just counterattacking striker. The, the strikers that are the, the most uh, dominant on counterattack. In, in the world right now, where would you put him in that list? Or do you agree that he's the best um, or if not, who, what, what order would you have it? Um, and then I'm going to answer that question first um, afterwards, but I'm just curious what your take on that is because Monteo Benetti is very, very highly respected. Um, obviously, I saw this comment on IFTV, which is a little disappointing, <laughs> but um, he's very, very highly regarded and, and very intelligently spoken. So uh, when he speaks, I listen, even if I don't agree with him. So where would you – in terms of counterattacking strikers, where – where would you put him? I mean, obviously, if we're just talking Syria, no, I think I know he's obviously the best counterattacking striker in Syria. That's not a, that's not a question. But in in world football, among the, the strikers, do you think he's the best counterattacking striker in in the world? That was that was his statement in Syria. Um, I would say maybe the second. Because, I mean, you look at Bayern with their, like, striking team. They're the most strongest strikers on counterattacks in the world of football. But Lukaku would have to be in, the, like, the top three somewhere because he is just that good. So you'd, um, so you'd say Lewandowski, Lukaku, Holland? I, yeah, that's exactly what I think I'm going to go for because, I mean, Holland is getting there, but... I mean, experience-wise, it goes to Lukaku. Um, but, yeah, I mean, he's not the top, but he's in the top three conversation when it uh, comes to counterattacking yeah, strikers. no doubt. Um, I have that, but in complete opposite order. I, so, uh, Lewandowski is the best striker in the world. There's no question about that. But a lot of – sometimes a lot of his goals just come out of thin air. They don't – they not they're they're not always always orchestrated through a counterattack, where Holland is a freight train, and Lukaku gets on the break really well. So I would say Holland is the best. I'd say Lukaku is second, and Lewandowski is is third. But I would say overall, I would take both Holland and Lewandowski over Lukaku. But but I think I thought I just found it interesting. I think conversation. Um, but I, I I don't think there's an egregious take one way or the other. Um, but considering uh, Holland can dribble better than Lukaku and is is is, uh, is quicker 
I think it makes him a little bit more lethal in those situations. But in in Italy, certainly Lukaku's probably more is easily the best counterattacking striker. Uh, Ronaldo on his day is pretty phenomenal, but he doesn't really play that kind of football. Juventus. So it's hard for me to – it's hard to have that, that conversation just because a lot of his goals aren't, aren't coming from a counterattack where it is for, um, for Lukaku. Yeah, no doubt. Um, up next, we have Udinese winning 1-0 against Fiorentina. Uh, well, it's nice to see you back, Fiorentina. <laughs> because, <laughs> because last week they looked like 2010 Barcelona. <laughs> Oh man, I just this is why I got I, this is why I said last week I'm ready because, because I knew this was coming. I knew they were gonna show up um, and then you know do what they always do is they perform extremely well, look like the best team in the world, and then they they look like uh, eh, they're okay. Kind of uh, form. Um, Udinese. It's not like they were brilliant uh, on the goal. I did. I thought Fiorentina's marking in the box was really bad. They just. It was basically a free header. Um, again, it was a perfect cross into the box that maybe Fiorentina wasn't expecting, but it was just a poor um, excuse of trying to you know get into the situation like like they did. Um, Fiorentina. Um, Looks poor. Um, look lethargic. Um, again, goalkeeper keeps him in the game. Uh, but uh, it's just a one goal in this one. Even as I get that one moment and, and it's checkmate. But, uh, you know, more than anything else, it's just like uh, this This team look, looks nothing like they looked like last week. Um, so it's, it's a little disappointing that um, Fiorentina can't put, even put two great performances in a row together. Um, and you know that that largely affects their uh, their position in the table. Yeah, I mean, what do you think it is with Fiorentina that they can have these like great matches sprinkled in like between some like not so great matches? Like, why do you think they have struggle consist being more consistent? I don't know. They're just an inconsistent team. Like, we talk about all the time, like, yeah, they have these unrealistic expectations. Not the team, but the president. It puts pressure on them, and they feel uh, once they uh, – maybe once they perform well, they, they get too high on themselves, and then they, they kind of collapse on the stretch. But more than anything, I mean, just I, – I don't understand why they just don't get sorry. It's, it is a tough – it is a cost to pay because technically he's still being paid by Juventus. Um Kind of how bloody being paid by Inter, but he is available. You have to pay him off, pay off Juventus for to hire him and all that stuff, and it's it would be expensive. But like, in in his counterattacking football, that sorry plays. I mean, I think that the, based on the team that they have, they would they would do really, really thrive. And I just don't like the coach. You know, I, I assume that they'll get a new one at the end of the season, but. Um, I just think uh, I think they should sign Sari early in the season when they were when they were looking for a new coach. Yeah, that would have been a definitely a much better um, sign uh, managerial signing just because he has, like we said, he is one of those managers that can take a team that struggles and turn them into like gold. Um, but if I weren't we missed 
fighting Ortina last week. I mean, that was beautiful, but now you go again and do this. But yeah, yeah I mean, who did? Oh, go ahead. Sorry, I've, I'm gonna have a follow up question after this statement, but I'll, I'll let you finish. Yeah, but Udinese come away with the result, and obviously they can't feel bad about that. Um, so, yeah, there's really not much to take away okay. that except Fiorentina have a hard time getting, like, momentum down the stretch. Okay, so this is kind of off topic, but kind of in topic because we're talking about sorry and and I, we both kind of think that Sarri's football would be brilliant, especially with kind of kind of the weapons that they have, and they'd be much better. Um, so Sarri's Napoli, the, the two Napoli sides, and I'm not talking about like the best or whatever you can, you can say whatever you want, but but where would you rank his Napoli teams in terms of Serie A teams uh, uh, that were the the best? So for for me, Sarri's Napoli. Are, are one of the three best teams I've ever seen in Italian football over the last 10 years. So you've only been around for a little bit in this game, but where would you rank his Napoli teams? Because remember, counterattacking, fluidity, and I mean, I think they should have won two league titles, but that's just me. I would probably place them in like the top three. Who would you have in front of them? Um, I would say... Allegri, with what he did with Juventus on the string of Scudetto wins. Uh, so, are, are you? So, do you, do you mean like the the Champions League Allegri team? Yeah, the Champions League Allegri okay. team. And who who would the other one be? And then I would take Luciano. Oh wait, was it Fonseca that took you guys to the semifinals of the Champions League? Oh. Wait, hold on. Was that that Roma, or are you? Are you t- so you do you think that's the second best? Yeah, was uh, it with uh, Di Fonseca okay, so, so, or hold, was so, it Coletti? So there's two Romas. If if you're talking, if you if you're talking about a Roman team, there's two. You could there's two here. There's uh, Di Francesco. We finished third. We went to the Champions League semifinal, and then there's Spalletti's Roma with Jacko and Sala and Parati. That had eighty-seven points and scored one hundred and twenty-five goals. Which which one are you going with? Or you can say I'm someone t- else. I'm going to take the Defonseca Roma. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's fine. I mean, uh, Spalletti's Roma had one hundred and twenty-five goals and only missed out on the league by a couple points. But um, for the European uh, European wise, I, I agree, but not for um, league. But that's fine. I was just curious. Because that, but anyway, Napoli sorry team was was phenomenal. I, I think that the, his teams broke, you know, league records in both of those seasons. Uh, and unfortunately, he just didn't have the stuff to to get it um, in the end of 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 um, getting league titles. But I was just curious. Anyway, you can move on. Okay. Up next, we have a 2-0 win for Cagliari beating Crotone. Yeah, Crotone finally loses. No, hold on. Never mind. Crotone <laughs> loses. Cagliari finally wins a the game. Um, they're, they're now within distance of Torino. They're only two points behind them now. Uh, great opening goal, cross from the wing to the foot into the back of the net, and then obviously a penalty in the end. Uh, to, to solidify it. Uh, Kragnos made some great saves. Crotone looked good in the first 10 minutes and then looked like shit the rest of the game. Um, 
So, um, yeah, I think Kyler did a good job. They needed a win. Um, and uh, they got one. And, you know, Torino's not that far away now. Um, but we'll, we'll have to see what occurs in the, in the rest of the season. But that was a good win for them. Yeah, I definitely agree. And I'm currently looking at my score thing. It doesn't look like Torino played this week. That means they probably played today or something. No, it says Wednesday the 17th, unless something is acting up on my thing. Let me check this. Okay. Um, no, they play, they, they play tomorrow. All right. Apparently, it looks... They play tomorrow. Oh, wait, are you sure? Yeah. Okay, because... They play tomorrow at 11.30. Okay, that makes sense. It's, it's tomorrow 11.30 against, uh, against Lazio. Okay, because I'm like wondering, um, why isn't there Torino on here? Um, I just, it doesn't make sense, though, because Lazio had played 24 games already. Right. I don't know. Maybe the schedule is just a little crazy, but yeah, they play tomorrow. But again, even even if they win, it's still uh, Calgary just puts themselves in enough. They, they put themselves in an okay position to to. It's not like mathematically and mentally relegated themselves. They have a chance to survive now. At least, again, I do I do think that they still go down, but uh, they can survive. Um, it's, but again, I don't think they will, but they have an opportunity. They, they get a first win in the last, whatever it was, five games or, or whatever. I, I don't know how long it's been since the last win, but, but it's been a while. Um, so it's good. Yeah, for I definitely agree. Great job to, on finally getting your first win. I, and I think like six or seven matches or something, or not even. Uh, to, to be honest, I think it's more than that. I, I, I don't want to look because I don't want to humiliate themselves any more than they already have been yeah, this season. Yeah, but overall, it's nice to see them back in the winner's like circle. Um, just hopefully they're able to find that voice and really start making a push again. Um, but who knows? They may have, We still think they're going to go down, but they do have a legitimate chance at surviving right now, which – is better than we have been able to say from them in recent weeks. Um, Crotone don't seem like they have a chance, so they have 12 points. The team, and they would need – what do they need? They would need minimum eight, 19 points to get out of the relegation zone. They have lost all of their last five matches, and it's probably even more before that. Oh, wow. But, yeah, hopefully Cagliari are able to maintain that momentum, and we hope for the best for them. Um, up next, Napoli win 2-0 against Benevento. Okay, Napoli still stink, okay? But they look good for, for, for 90 minutes. Uh, they, they weren't good. They, they look were okay. They did enough to win the game. Um, Merton scores, and then uh, your, your old inter-friend, Politano, scores. Um, I mean... I think that's good. <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, they, they do well. Benevento's struggling right now. They're, they're near the bottom now. I don't think they get relegated or anything like that, but they're, 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 they're legitimately struggling in Napoli. Get a win that they needed to get, um, and it wasn't amazing. It was good. They missed a whole load of chances, but they did enough to survive that game. They got the points they needed, 
put some more pressure on the top. And again, Napoli isn't making the Champions League. I, it would, it would be, it'd make everyone look bad considering how bad they've been. But like, I mean, they're not bad, but they're bad in comparison to what Napoli is. So they're, they're, they're great compared to teams below them. But considering the teams that they're around, they're, they're, they just don't have the stuff in, in sort of qualities, you know, in comparison to those teams, not comparison to the rest of the league. But it was a good performance. I don't think Napoli fans should be lighting stuff on fire and celebrating, but they got the win and good for them. Yeah, 100%. It's nice to see Napoli get a win that they desperately needed. Um, obviously, it's going to take a lot for them to even get into the Champions League, but we hope that they somehow make it into the Europa League. But, I mean, what? Yeah, the, just so you know, point-wise, they're, they're right there. They're, they're, not, they're not far away. They're within points of, of, of you know, uh, Roma. Roma's 44. They have 43. Uh, Alonso's 46, Lazio's 43, and then so on and so forth. So on point basis, they are close. But considering the teams around them, I just find it hard to believe that they'll be able to do it. That's why. Not not because they don't have the points. They do have points. But it is more or less that they're just not better than those teams around them. Yeah, but overall, this was a great win for them. And Benevento, who started off red hot, are finally, like, are unfortunately struggling now. Um, hope, we obviously know that they're not going to go down, but it's just unfortunate to see them do so well and to, and to just start falling away like they have been. Um, and last but not least, we have Milan be- winning 2-1 against Roma, and you guys had one job. <laughs> Yeah, to pay the referees before the game, so we can't, so we don't get screwed. <laughs> Dan, your team has scored fifteen goals, conceding one. Milan should be the last of your issues. Your issue should be not losing any more games. You're fine. You're four points, and even if whatever, you shouldn't, you shouldn't be worried about Milan. See, that's how I know your team aren't winners. Winners don't look behind them. They just look in the front. (laughs) Sorry. Hey, I was just having Uh, fun. Jeez, don't kill me. (laughs) No, I know. I'm just, you know. We're taking the piss. I can't can't just just throw shots and I'm not going to reply. I mean, that's always going to reply to a shot. Um, Drink responsibly. (laughs) (laughs) And this ad was brought to you by Mandela. Oh, wait, what? This, this this has not been sponsored by anyone, so please don't don't. I don't know, whatever. Um, yeah. Look, did Milan play well? Yes, they were very good. They attacked the goal. Roman's approach in the first twenty minutes is why we lose all the big games. Too passive, not aggressive enough. Didn't take enough chances. Things like that. AC Milan obviously uh, played very well, and they they needed a performance like that. They've been playing really poorly up to that point, and they needed they needed a bounce back performance. Beating Roma at home, the first team to beat them this season at home, um, you know they have to feel happy and and about their performance. They deserved something from this game. They didn't deserve all three points, um, and uh, and it's not it's not one of those things like if if there was a penalty that shouldn't have been called, that doesn't necessarily mean it's robbery. It's only robbery when it comes into in 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 sort of a vital part of this game. So there's three things I want to talk about. Number one, 
Well, first of all, Roma's back three was Fazio, Cristante, and Mancini. I'm surprised they only scored two. They probably could have scored five against that back line. Lopez surprisingly played really well, kept kept a, a fair amount of goals out of the net. Like it could have been ugly. It could have been disgusting. But, again, our, our defensive options were skimped. Uh, we haven't seen Chris Smalling in weeks, and I miss him. We need him back there um, just because he's he's a significant upgrade on anyone else we have that position. And Abanez, uh, obviously, has missed some gains now. We had no options defensively, zero. So, uh, again, I'm not making excuses, but it was going to be very difficult regardless. Um, obviously, they end up – then the penalty happens. Um, again, I'm not denying that it is a penalty. It clearly is a – sorry, not – sorry, I misspoke. I'm not denying it's a foul. Fazio clearly fouls uh, Calabria. There's, there's no debate about that. You can't, you can't even argue. There's no dive. There's no nothing. It was a clear foul. Um, however – if you look at where he was fouled, it, again, I could be wrong. I could be seeing this wrong, but I'm not – again, I understand why, why they made the call, but it looked right on the line. If a foul is committed right on the line, it is a free kick, not a penalty. They gave a penalty. Okay, I disagree with it, but I'm not blaming that on, on the result. Uh, Frank Kessie scores, good for him, whatever. Um, Milan take a 1-0 lead into the second half. Uh, AC, sorry, Maroma get on a counterattack. Uh, Jordan uh, Jordan Vertu scores his tenth goal of the season, um, becoming the only the second um, a French player to have ten goal, ten league goals in a, in a Serie A season um, since Michel Platini, uh, a historical uh, figure in in French football and in Serie A. Um, so good for him. He was great. I thought he performed really well. Um, things like that. He's he's been one of the best box to box midfielders in the league this season. I think. Um, then you know, then Roma kind of get back into the game, and then uh, they just they just too passive. Milan scores another one. Uh, Anton Rebic finds the back in the net to to make it two one. And then obviously Roma Roma try to attack. They have chances. Uh, there was a and this is where this is where the game all all kind of became robbery. Ten minutes to go. Great chance for Mkhitaryan. Mkhitaryan hits it at Donnarumma. Because he's Donnarumma, of course, he makes the save. Mkhitaryan tries to collect it. The Ardennes is there. And then there's the whole thing. Mkhitaryan is being dragged to the ground by Theo. Theo is dragging Mkhitaryan on the floor. It is a clear penalty with anyone with who has eyes. Um, here's the issue. They were... In this situation, you need to you need to consult VAR because it is it is late in the game, ten minutes ago. That's a very uh, defining uh, situation of the game. You need to look at it. Not only didn't they not look VAR, they called the foul on Mkhitaryan, the guy who's being dragged to the floor for some so whatever for whatever reason he was called on a foul when he was being the one taken to the ground. That is a clear penalty. Anybody who, who has eyes knows that's a penalty. Look, you, you put up, then there's a penalty, then Roma have a chance to get a point. Uh, Veritu was still on the pitch at the time, which means they would have scored, which means it could have ended 2-2, which means Roma would have had a point instead of having zero points in that game. Again, is it fair to say uh, AC Milan shouldn't have won the game? I don't think it's fair to say because they played very well. But – Roma should have had the opportunity to get a point and to call that play a foul on Mkhitaryan. 
What he is being dragged to the ground by Theo Hernandez. It's a clear penalty, and you just have to make that call. And it's calls like this that robbery. Look, I'm not screaming robbery the way a lot of other Roma fans are. Um, I think AC Milan deserved their points. Don't get me wrong. But if you break it down to situationally, in that situation, that's a penalty. If Roma score that, that's a point. So it is, it is robbery. But I think that Milan played well, and they, they deserve to get something from the game. I just differ between three points and one point. Roma had an oppor- should have had an opportunity to get that point. The referee didn't call it. And in fact, they call the ref. They call the foul on Mkhitaryan. Mkhitaryan yells at the referee and gets a um, <laughs> it gets a yellow card. And while watching this game, I kept imagining what I would have done in that situation. <laughs> the next time I got the ball, I would have just picked it up and kicked it into the stands <laughs> or push. I don't know. It just it was just so infuriating that that they. Okay, if, if they look at it and they say it's not a penalty, at least they checked it. How do you not check a play where someone's getting dragged to the ground? So, in the end, fair play at Milan. Uh, they, they, they get the win, but it's not totally justifiable because of that, of that call in that moment that could have changed the complexion of the game. They don't check it. They do nothing. And in the end, Roma get kind of get screwed here. Regardless of what you think Roma should or should not have gotten, what Milan should or should not have got, they were completely wrecked by by a, a penalty that wasn't called that should have been. Um. Yeah, I also like thought like a lot of the stuff that happened to Roma was also based on like you're missing some of your key defenders like Smalling. Um. Who else do you have out right now? Still. Uh, uh, but, uh, let's see. Kabula's not 100% fit. He was on the bench, but I don't think he was fit enough to play or else he would have been played. Uh, Smalling's out. Uh, Abanez is out. Um, so that leaves us with Federico Fazio and Bruno Perez, two players I'd never want to see on the pitch. So, again, it, 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 the whole match is defined by what happens in the 80th minute. But if we had lost under any other circumstance, I'm like, okay, I get it. How are we supposed to be AC Milan with fucking uh, Federico Fazio and Bruno Perez as, as our center backs and, and Cristante as our center back? So, but but you you get what I'm saying? Yeah, I do. Um, I mean, fair play to Milan on getting the three points. Um, and it, I also heard that Zlatan was taken off for injury in this match too. Zlatan's injured. Replica's injured. Um, he's supposed to miss two games um, or something like that. I don't know the the, the latest on Rebic, but both injuries are um, about um, severe. Um, although people who are are taunting Zlatan for being injured, fuck you. Okay, that's all I have to say. Just because of what's, I'm, I'm not going to talk about it, but what's been happening in the news over the last week. Um, making that sort of comment on Zlatan and for him being injured and celebrating is just disrespectful. Uh, but I think that – so the, both those, those two got out. Uh, obviously, it sucks for them. Um, I think Zlatan will miss the first leg against Man United. Um, and then – but obviously this game was defined by the fact that Roma had one real center back and then they had the penalty that wasn't given to them. So it, it's – it's just a disheartening way to lose a game, especially when certain situations could have could have eluded this game to go a different direction. 
Yeah, like I was keeping my eye on the like uh stuff that was going on in the match, like stats and everything. You guys started off slow with creating chances, but eventually you something happened and you guys like lit a match and you guys were able to get back into it. You guys had some, mm-hmm. and unfortunately, it just sucks that how um, you got gypped out of a cle- what was a clear penalty and having the wrong calls put on you guys. Um, but overall, there's really not a lot to take away from this match except that Milan won, and you guys got real. Except the fact that we had three center backs, except for the fact that we got robbed. Except for the fact the penalty wasn't there. Except for the fact that Roma started didn't start playing until the twenty fifth minute. Except for the fact that there was controversial decisions. So yeah. Other than that, there wasn't much to take for this game. Well, you put. Well, at least from what I can say, because you pretty much covered all the bases. No, I'm just giving you a hard time. But yeah, um, unfortunately, this is a shorter episode than usual because, like we said. I mean, a lot of the, some of the matches had a couple key takeaways where some, it was just like there was not really a lot to take away from it. But um, this week, we have matches tomorrow, Wednesday, and Thursday. So I was wondering, would you like to come back on Friday and talk about the matches that had just occurred during the, the middle of the week? Yeah, sure. Uh, I want to talk about one more thing, though, before we, we close out. Um, Roma, and I, I'm going to get heat for this. Uh, Roma are now in fourth, fifth place. Um, they're two points from fourth. Look, I want Roma to try their best in the league. I want them to try to get as many points as possible. But the fact is, we have struggled in all the big main, all the big games, right? So we're not getting the points we should get. Even when we're trying our best, we're not getting the points we get, right? So I want them to do the best. I hope they get back in the Champions League. I wish I want them to, to do well, as I said. Um, but the Europa League this season doesn't have Sevilla in it. It doesn't have Inter in it. Doesn't have Lille in it. Doesn't have Leverkusen in it. Doesn't have a lot of these teams. Wolfsburg's not in it. Um, you know, uh, you know, Dortmund's not in it. So Letico's not in it. So there's a lot. So considering the teams that usually end up. Rolling into the Europa League at the at, at the wrong time for teams like Roma and Arsenal and uh, Shakhtar and others who want to win the competition, they're not here, right? And I, I don't care. I think, and I'm going to let you respond to this in a second, but I just want to finish this thought. I think Roma should try their best in the league to try to get Champions League. I think they should prioritize the Europa League now. I mean, Roma are – Still going to be in it. They can still get fifth place, and I think they still have a chance to get fourth place. But I think winning the Europa League is more realistic than – well, I would say more realistic. I think I think they still can make the Champions League. But realistic-wise, I think they can legitimately win the Europa League. Um, again, if, if Man United gets knocked out, I'm celebrating. It's all, I like, I, that's, that's, how, that's how extended it is. There's only one team that I think can beat Roma if they, if they match up, and it's Man United. And if Man United go, go down swinging, um, then it, it opens up the gates. And I think, to a certain extent, I think Roma should prioritize the Europa League. And, uh, because if you win the Europa League, you get Champions League. And guess what? AC Milan can beat us because they just did. And Man United can beat us because Man United have a good team. Outside of that, if they get past Shakhtar, there's not much that can that can take take Rome out or down. 
in this situation. So because of this, given the given what happened yesterday and given where the league is going, again, I hope they I hope they get as many points as they possibly can to get back to the Champions League. But I would take the Europa League incredibly seriously. I would take it more seriously in the league at this stage because um, again, I think they have a legitimate chance to win it. So why wouldn't uh, Rome go for it? And again, again, I, hope, I wish them the best in the, in the league, but the Europa League is very winnable now. We can win a trophy and make the Champions League. And yeah. To be honest, I actually think you should go for the Europa League because I know a lot of people are giving you heat for saying that, but it is very realistic for you right now to even remotely win something this year. Um, so I think you guys should really focus in on that and win the Europa League, which automatically yeah. then means you already get that spot in the Champions League next season. And, and you win a trophy. I never get the, got this idea that that we're getting fourth and no trophy is better than getting fifth and winning the trophy and getting to the Champions League that way. I, I just I just don't understand it, and I think it's two points now. It, it's it's going to be more complicated. And again, I, I hope they do well, and I I want them to take it seriously. But I don't want to burn out the, the our best players in matches where um, in matches we're winning. I'm okay with with certain players coming off when when they're 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 sort of together. Um, so I don't know. It's just it seems like Europa League is is very open for Roma to win it. Um, again, maybe maybe they don't, but they should at least go for it because. I want to win a trophy more than I want to be in the Champions League. I mean, and if I win, if we win this, we make the Champions League anyway. So why not just go for it? And and again, that's not going to be a very popular opinion. Um, I think most people are going to want Roma to 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 half kill themselves to get to the fourth spot. But I would rather kill kill half kill ourselves to to win something. And so I don't know. I think after last night's game, as controversial as it may have been, I think that's something that that should be considered. And. Uh, and so on and so forth. Yeah, but other than that, uh, we'll be back on Friday discussing this week's midweek games. Um, as always, I'm Danielle on behalf of myself. 